0: One of those mornings. (laughs) Now, we live in a day of impersonalization. We are numbers, not names. We're statistics and averages. We're consumers and clients and even prospects. But we want to be persons. We want to be noticed. Fashion designers and marketing experts realize this. Wear Abercrombie and Fitch and you'll be noticed. Splash on white diamonds and people will know you're in the room. Drive a Mercedes and everyone will know you've arrived. You know, Dale... Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People, first published in 1937, is still a bestseller. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to win friends and influence people. In fact, Paul basically told Titus to do just that. He told him to let no one disregard him. Now, he wasn't suggesting that he take a Dale Carnegie course or buy the latest designer jeans, but that as a minister of the gospel, it was imperative that no one disregard him. And if he wanted people to take note of his ministry, he would have to speak, exhort, and reprove with all authority. Now, I do realize that we live in a day when many people have no regard for authority of any kind. And a day when religious authority in particular has been relegated to the category of personal opinion and replaced by whatever works for you. So we might question the effectiveness of Paul's counsel in our day and age. But those of us who still believe that God has spoken and that ultimate truth therefore does indeed exist have an obligation to share the truth that's been revealed. And we must do so with all the authority that comes from the God who revealed it. Now, that still doesn't guarantee that anyone will listen to us. But as God told Ezekiel, You shall speak my words to them, whether they listen to you or not. And when commissioning him, he said, I am sending you to them who are stubborn and obstinate children. And you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord God. And as for them, whether they listen or not, for they are a rebellious house, they will know that a prophet has been among them. Even if the world rejects the message we proclaim, we must declare it with the confidence that comes from knowing that we are speaking the word of the Lord. Now, like John the Baptist, we may think we're nothing more than a voice crying in the wilderness. But if we would have even a chance of being heard, we must speak, exhort, and reprove with all authority. And that's exactly what Paul told Titus to do. These things, speak and exhort and reprove with all authority. Let no one disregard you. You know, one of the most memorable advertising campaigns of the late 70s and early 80s included the tagline, when E.F. Hutton talks, people listen. We remember it 25 years later. And, of course, people would listen because they thought he had something to say. The ad writer did a very effective job. Picturing people stopping in their tracks whenever E.F. Hutton spoke. Because he knew what he was talking about. And, of course, he was going to tell them how to make money. But wouldn't it be nice to know that when we speak, people listen. Even when they don't agree, they at least listen. Well, it is possible to get a hearing even today. And the Bible can help us do so. For it not only reveals what we are to say, it reveals how to get a hearing. And the first thing we need to learn is that if we would be heard, we have to know when to be quiet. Now, hopefully it's not a disease that keeps us quiet for two years. But we need to learn when to be quiet. For as the preacher told us in the book of Ecclesiastes, there's a time to be silent and a time to speak. If we would be heard, we have to know when to be silent for a couple of reasons. If we talk too much, people will grow tired of listening and simply tune us out. And if we're talking all the time, we'll no doubt say some things we should not say. That may very well be why Paul told Timothy to avoid worldly and empty chatter and why he told Titus that empty talkers needed to be silenced. If we would be heard, we must follow James' advice and be slow to speak. And when we do speak, we must make sure we know what we're talking about. You know, how, how long do you listen to someone... After it becomes obvious, he has no idea what he's talking about isn't it frustrating to go into the hardware store and be trying to decide what you need and you see a clerk and you try to explain your situation or you look at a product and he starts talking and you're going he has no clue isn't that drive you crazy or you go to buy an appliance and you call for the expert to, to tell you the varieties and They have no idea what they're selling. Yeah, we've all been there, done that. That's so frustrating. If someone talks, they need to know what they're talking about. We need to know what we're saying. Now, we should obviously follow Jesus' example here and speak only that which we know. You know, when talking to Nicodemus, and Nicodemus found what Jesus was saying very hard to believe, Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, we speak that which we know and bear witness of that which we have seen. He knew what he was talking about and could therefore speak with authority. And those to whom he spoke could tell he knew what he was talking about. When he finished the Sermon on the Mount... The crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one having authority, not like the scribes. When Jesus spoke, people listened because he spoke confidently with authority. And he could speak with confident authority because he spoke what the Father had given him to speak. In John 12, 49 and 50, Jesus said, For I did not speak on my own initiative, but the Father himself who sent me has given me commandment, what to say and what to speak. And I know that this commandment is eternal life. Therefore, the things I speak, I speak just as the Father has told me. Jesus could speak with authority because he said what God told him to say. And we can do the same thing. Not because we're listening for voices, but because God has spoken in his word. And we can confidently share what he has said. And we can share it with authority. Now, We must admit that there are some things in God's Word that no one fully understands. And be willing to confess that our understanding of some things He has said is is limited and possibly even flawed. But that must not keep us from declaring with authority that which has been clearly expressed nor should it cause us to be hesitant to share anything we have read in God's Word. The Bible is a storehouse of knowledge and has much to say about the things that matter in life. If we'll fill our mind with God's Word and then share it at the right time and in the right place, people will notice that we have something of substance to say. And as a writer of Proverbs said, like apples of gold in settings of silver is a word spoken in right circumstances. If we'll say what God has said and say it in the right circumstances, we can confidently speak with authority. And even in our day, people will listen. So let's speak with all authority. And let's exhort with all authority. The word translated exhort literally means to call to the side. It carries with it the meaning of entreating, urging, encouraging. It generally has a positive connotation, encouraging someone to do something positive. Paul told Titus to exhort, to encourage with all authority. Something we should do as well. For as we read in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. We live in a pretty discouraging world and it's easy for people to slip into despair, to to give up hope. I think we all recognize this. And that's why we we all try to be encouraging. And sometimes that's all that's needed. All that's needed is a a pat on the back and a don't worry, everything's going to be okay. But when we hit bottom, we need something more. We need something with guarantees, not just an empty, hang in there, it's going to be fine. We need something with substance to use in encouraging people. Guarantees. Guarantees about the future. And the only one who can make guarantees about the future is the author of the future. And fortunately, he has spoken. So if we would exhort with authority, with confidence about the future we exhort, we encourage with God's Word. Now, we have to be careful here. Careful to say only what the Bible says and nothing more. Now, sometimes we get carried away, and in an attempt to encourage someone, we promise things that God never promised in His Word. Things we think He said or wish He'd said. I hate it when that happens. When people say, oh, God will do this and this and this and this. And then when he doesn't, someone goes, but you said. How destructive is that of faith? Speak only what God has said. Don't give empty promises. Don't make him look like a liar. Speak the truth. It's been revealed. Paul told Titus that elders, those who would shepherd God's people, must exhort in sound doctrine. They're to hold fast to the faithful word and to say only what the Bible says. And what the Bible says is enough. The Scriptures don't need our embellishment to bring hope. In Romans 15, 4, we read, For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, that through perseverance and the encouragement of Scripture, we might have hope. It's through the encouragement of Scripture that we have real hope. Hope is that is guaranteed by the very Word of God. So if we would offer real encouragement, let's exhort with Scripture. Let's encourage people with the fact that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's encourage them with the fact that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. encourage them with the fact that no temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also that you may be able to To endure it. That is the way we encourage. With all authority. We encourage. And exhort. With the promises of God. If we'll do that. People won't disregard. Our words of encouragement. Because they will be God's word. Of encouragement. And Finally. Reprove with all authority. Now, the word reprove carries with it a negative connotation and has to do with correction. It entails exposing something that needs to be changed and doing so in a way that brings conviction and hopefully a desire to make the needed change. Now, most would acknowledge there are things in their life that need to be changed. And the world is full of critics, ready to point out your flaws and tell you what you need to do. So how do we reprove in a way that won't be disregarded? We do so with God's Word. In 2 Timothy Paul wrote all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. You now simply telling someone we don't think they should be doing something is a sure way to be disregarded. We need to let God's word Expose the need for change. And we do that best by helping someone discover what God has to say about the behavior in question. We point them to applicable passages and help them look for biblical principles that might be applied to the situation at hand. That is good counsel. That is biblical counsel. And if the one we are counseling has respect for the word of God, that's the kind of counsel that will be heeded because it comes from God, not from us. You know, even though Eliphaz was wrong in some of the things he said to Job, he was right when he said, Behold, how happy is the man whom God reproves." If we would be regarded when confronting someone with a need for change, when reproving them, we need to let God's Word do the reproving. It should be obvious. that We're basing our counsel on God's Word, not our thoughts and opinions. If we'll do that, people will listen. Some will respond if they know the counsel we offer is coming from God and not from us. If we would speak, exhort, and reprove in a way that no one would disregard us, we must speak God's word. We must exhort with God's promises And we must reprove with God's warnings and instruction. If we'll do that, we will play a significant role in other people's lives. And we will gain a sense of purpose, of value, and of importance in our own. Because we will be helping others discover God's will for them. And we will be sharing with them what God can do. It's an old song we haven't sung for a long time. It's not even our hymnal. It is no secret what God can do. And it shouldn't be a secret. Why do we keep it to ourselves? Let's speak. Let's Exhort. Let's reprove with all authority because we are speaking, encouraging, and reproving with the Word of God. Now, if we'll do that, only those who disregard God will disregard us.